my God. I'm singing it to you, Lord. How great you are. Amen. How great thou art. Thank you, Lord. How great thou art. How great he is. How wonderful. Let's uh, turn tonight, if you would, in, in the Scripture to the book of Mark, chapter 5. We greet you again tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. Had such a wonderful service here today. We were truly blessed by the Word of God, Brother Ron submitting himself to the Lord, and so enjoyed the Word. Mark, chapter 5, verse 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, <clears throat> Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, once again, we are privileged to be able to stand together in this place. Father, we are so grateful to know that you're alive and you're still the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're so grateful that we're not serving a historical God, a God of the past, a God that used to be. You didn't tell Moses that you was the I was, but you told him you were the I am. And we know when you were here on the earth, there were seven identifications that you used that I am, seven I am's of the New Testament. And we believe that they still exist tonight. You see our needs, Lord, and we say it so much. Our needs are many, but your power is greater. So we bring our needs, our requests, our desires before you. And we ask that you would help us. Help me to get out of the way, Father. Would you come and use that part of yourself that you placed in me called a gift? A gift is something that we don't use, as Brother Branham expressed it to us. It's not a knife that you take and cut. But a gift is being able to get yourself out of the way. A preacher can pray. He can study. He can try to fill his spirit with the word, and then you have something to work on where you can quicken it. But yet, Lord, it doesn't do much good if I'm the only one here that's anointed. But I pray that you would anoint me to speak and anoint them to hear and anoint us all to live the word of God. We believe you tonight, Father. We're under expectation of the supernatural power of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Turn with me. You can be seated if you would. Turn with me to verse uh, 38, and we'll read Thank you. a couple of more verses here. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, why make you this ado? 
and weep. The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. Can you imagine what they must have thought? That this man, which no doubt many of them had heard about him, how odd he was, how peculiar, how different. And he comes into this setting, this man and woman have lost their only child. And Jesus is saying, why are you all carrying on this way? What's the matter with you all? Why are you doing this? This must have added to their strange perception of who he was. And then he says, the damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entereth into where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, Talithe kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with great astonishment. From these verses of Scripture, I'd like to use just a simple thought tonight on he proves his word. He proves his word. He had already said that the damsel was not dead. But yet, it seemed as if, though, he didn't know what he was talking about. But he had said she was not dead. So God has to now prove his word. Our word is so, it's so weak. And we say things and we have to take them back. We say words and we have to change them and we have to modify them and alter them circumstances will change and things will come about that we just can't say what we said we were going to do. I'll be at your house at a certain time. We'll do this and we'll do that. We'll get a phone call or a text or something and it'll entirely change our our whole day and we'll have to say, look, I'm sorry. I was planning on doing this or this, but this come up and I can't do that. But unlike us, God's word is not based upon time circumstance or events and God never says one thing that he ever has to go back and say you know what I didn't realize that this was going to happen around noon so I've got to take my word back that's not the heavenly father that we claim as our God tonight so every word that he says he is absolutely responsible for and he loves to speak his word and I think Brother Ron said it, that God, whenever Brother Ram says it and believe in God in 1952, that God spoke his word and God believed his own word. God believed his own word. And God in us will believe his own word. But yet we know there's an element about believing the word which the mind itself can be able to take as what we call an intellectual faith. And we see down through the ages that many people have certainly lost their intellectual faith. And when they do, when the mind can no longer reason about it and make sense of it, then they will forego that faith and they turn away from that which maybe they believe for years and years. 
But we know there is another element of faith which is not intellectual. But it is by the revelation of the power of God. That faith believes God no matter what the circumstances are. Now, in the New Testament, these events must have been very, very odd and very unusual. Some of the prophets of the Old Testament were able to perform the supernatural, but nothing quite like this. And I'm sure you've noticed it in reading your Bible, that at the same time, the the miraculous was definitely more manifested. Also, demonic manifestation was greater in those three and a half years of the year of the life of the Lord Jesus than it had been in the entirety of the Old Testament altogether. So when all hell breaks loose, all of heaven also comes down. And we know that by the power of God that is released to us, the great things in the last days. So it wasn't like that God has just given us more material. It's not like that the message has come that we would have more material about God, more knowledge about God. But God also wants greater manifestation. And God loves to prove His Word. Now, sometimes we, I think, think, you know, well, I hate to ask God for so much. I ask Him for this and that. But I love the statement that the prophet told us that God wants us to ask for great things and lots of them. So it's not like that God only has this limited amount of power, this limited amount of salvation, and that God only has, say, 395 promises for you for months, and then you're limited to that. But God has absolutely unlimited resources to His people. As a matter of fact, the prophet uses that word several, several times, and also the words untapped resources. I don't believe we've ever broke into it yet, all the great things that God has. So if Satan cannot limit the power of God, which he cannot do, then he will try to limit the power of God and how it flows through the avenue of our faith. And God can only be released to us as our faith will believe He wants to do for us. So if you believe that God wants to do this much for you, even though God may want to do this much for you, God will only be able to do what your faith will be opened up to the channel which will allow God to do so. Aren't you glad that we have a loving Father? Now, we know that God allows His Word, and it takes believers to actually make that Word live. And even though we use the same word in the English word uh, for the word W-O-R-D word, but yet whenever you look at the New Testament, there's actually two different Greek words that are used to describe the Word of God. One of them is logos. Now the word logos means thought or concept or mandate of God. But there is another Greek word which is used for the English word that we use, W-O-R-D. And that is the word rhema, R-E-H-M-A. And that means the articulated word by a living voice. Now, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, not logos, but rhema word, which comes from the mouth of God. 
And when you go to looking at the New Testament, how that in the English you read it, well, word, word, word. But when you read it in the way the authors wrote it, one of them was the Logos. Now listen carefully so you don't misunderstand me. God knew that Satan would have access to the written word. So God separated the power away from the written word. If not, Satan could have quoted the written word and created with it. If God had not have separated the power away from the Logos, then any church member, they would not even have to have the Holy Ghost. They would not have to have a consecrated life. But they could take the Logos of God with the power of God and they could create They could do whatever they wanted to do. And they didn't even have to live a godly life. So God separated his power away from his word. And he made it so that people will quote the same Bible. Now think that many theologians give their lives for studying the King James Version of the Bible. Just like you and I read every day. And yet they have no power within them to make that word live. Or there's others, and they will be able to capitalize on certain scriptures and say it's the preachers that preach the blessings and all of that. And they break into a principle of God, and they teach their people and their family to give and give and give, and they break into that principle, and it's like they're able to release an element of faith toward that portion of the word, and they will take that and capitalize on that, and they will make that word live. Brother Bram said he had seen prostitutes come through the prayer line and be healed and saints of God walk through the prayer line and get nothing from the Lord. Why? Because it's not just because you live a holy life, but it is your faith in the promised word of God. Now, we know that there is the two elements of the intellectual faith, and we believe that, and we water the promise of God, and the prophet told us the way we do that is by praise. He said that Abraham took the promise of God, and he watered it every day by praise. But we also know that faith is a revelation of the will of God. So we can look at the promise and you're sick tonight. You say, by stripes I'm healed. By stripes I'm healed. I believe that. And we do intellectually. We take that as a promise of God. But still many times the man down in the engine room, which is our subconscious, he will begin to say, oh yeah, God can do it. But will God do it for you? Oh yeah, God could heal this man and that woman and this boy and that girl, but will God do it for you? Now the problem is that the man up on the deck, he's the one that's seeing all the waves and this and that, but it's the man down in the engine room that actually controls the ship. Now you've got a conscience and a subconscious, and this is where the prophet said that people would walk up and say, Brother Branham, I've got all the faith in the world. And he said they wouldn't have enough faith to even cure a toothache. But yet they think in their mind they have so much faith. Where is it? Intellectual conception. But notice when the Lord Jesus comes on the earth that faith was such a a, a thing that was really mysterious. I I just heard him coming down the road the other day and he was calling uh, several people out and they were telling their name and what was wrong with them and this and that. And I listened to the same service several times over again and he kept telling this one individual man that was healed and he said, you didn't realize you had that much faith. 
And I did a study on that several years ago, and I found over and over again that Brother Branham would tell people, you didn't know you had that much faith. And believe it or not, there would be times that people would be able to touch the gift of God, and he would tell them, that's really good faith for a sinner. Now, can you imagine? They was able to touch the promise of God and they wasn't even a believer. In one way, that should not shock us because every person in the New Testament in the days of the Lord Jesus, none of them was really saved. None of them were justified in the sense that we call saved. You understand that? But they had a faith, they heard, and they believed. And they believed that God wanted to fulfill his word. Now listen to this. Brother Branham, in proving his word, he said, He proves his word in every age by the most unusual way. But he always does it in the same way. What he did in the days of Noah, when he's fixing to do to the remnant, he sent them Noah, the prophet, and Noah was a son. So what did God do? God used Noah to prove his word. Now, you know, unbelievers, we will always have them, will always have critics, but God will never use them to prove his word. But God looks in every generation and every age. And when the Lord God sorted out and throwed the predestinated seed down through time, he allowed an element and a measure of seed that would be in every age. And this is why we're here tonight. And no matter what Satan ever does, he'll never be able to destroy that predestinated seed of God. Is that right? So God had a season for every word, and he had a seed that would be able to grasp that word. That's why we could not have been quickened. I spent years of my life in Pentecost. I used to preach down through this country years ago as a Pentecostal preacher in Plaquem and Baton Rouge uh, and uh, Lake Charles and different places like that. But yet, really, I did not have a full word verse under Pentecost because that was not the, the word that I was anointed to hear. And even though I was a Pentecostal preacher, I saw blinded eyes opened up. I saw all kinds of miracles and supernatural. And yet there was something in me I kept longing for more. Why should I? I would come down here to Louisiana, and one of the longest revivals I ever had was in North Louisiana, and I was there for about 30 days, something like that. Closed out one night there, drove all night long pretty much the next day, was in Indiana the next day, preached several days there, recorded an album. I'd go here and there 15, 20 days, and yet see all kinds of signs and wonders. That shouldn't be any, any reason for me to hunger, would it? But yet there was something there I was hungering for. I didn't know what it was until the word of God of this hour found me. I didn't find it. It found me. Then I realized what it was that I was looking for. I could not have been burst under that hour because that's not who I was. So even though I operated under that, my burst was actually assumed too once I received the message of the hour. And guess what? I still believe in the supernatural power of God. I didn't stop believing back yonder. I believe he can do more now than what he did in my ministry in my earlier years. What, anybody here tonight believe that he's the same? I'll tell you one thing. Oh, you say, we don't need that. I, I disagree with you. We've got more sick people now than way we had many, many years ago. And who is God going to use to prove his word? He can only prove his word by believers. I trust we've got a whole building full here tonight. 
Now, whenever we look then through the scripture, whenever we preach about the heroes of the Bible and the characters of the Bible that we all know, what we are doing is we're taking the lives of certain people and we will identify them with the word of the day that they lived in. And through the lives of those individuals, God would make the promise of that day live. You believe that? Now, you know, we love to emphasize and talk about Malachi 4. But I'm afraid sometimes that many people only recognize one individual in Malachi 4. And that is Brother Branham. But if you'll read Malachi 4 right, you'll find that there's actually more than one individual there. First of all, the Bible says, Behold I, which is Almighty God, will send unto All right, so here's another group of people then. So there's Almighty God in Malachi 4, and then there's a group called the U group. Well, I'm part of the U group. That's right, I'm part of the U group. Behold, I will send unto you Elijah the prophet. So for those in the message who only capitalize on Brother Branham, they're missing a great portion of who else is in Malachi 4. Now, we believe, we thank God that he sent his prophet to be able to bring the word to us. And we've heard it for years and years and years. God sent a prophet. God sent a prophet. I say amen to that, but I want to know what he said. I want to know what he had to say. What did he have to say about me? Did Brother Branham have anything to say about the young people? As a matter of fact, he did. I believe there are young people in this building tonight as well as around the world that are ordained to be able to fulfill the promise of God. As a matter of fact, he said the Lord had showed him about the young people of this message. Brother Branham was never privileged to be able to speak to a group of message youth like this. Brother Branham preached, and when he was here, unlike Paul, Paul was able to go and preach in what we would call message churches. And many of the messengers were able to go. But think of Brother Branham. He preached in full gospel businessmen, assembly of God, UPC, whatever would allow him to come. Can you imagine how that prophet of God would have loved to step on this platform here tonight? and be able to address you as the message youths that have believed and received his message. Oh my, wouldn't it, won't it be a wonderful thing when we stand there that day and that prophet presents us to the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, think of it, friends. But you know, when God takes these individuals and he does it to be able to prove his word. Now, there's many, many characters that we can refer to in the Bible tonight and down through history. But there's just a few things that I'd like to read you before I get to some of them. Brother Branham, again, improving his word, said, no matter how close you are to Jordan, no matter what your circumstance is, if you can only hold to the promise of God in your heart, God will prove that it's so. In the midst of all unbelief, he'll prove it to be so. Yes, he does. And circumstances doesn't stop him. He still will do the same thing as he did then. Now listen, this is for you. If his children will only take his word so he can prove it by you. Now remember, Brother Branham is not the only one in this age. Brother Branham was the one that God used in his ministry in his life to fulfill Revelation 10. Is that right? Verse 7, Luke 17, 30. There are certain scriptures that Brother Branham fulfilled that none of the rest of us as message followers will ever fulfill. But there are portions of the word that are allocated for us. Amen. 
And I'll tell you one thing, if I find a scripture with my name on it, I want to fulfill it by the grace of God. I don't want to be as it's already been said. I do not want to be a spectator. I want to be a participator. I want to be able to be one of those that the word of God can be fulfilled in my life. I don't want to just quote it. I don't want to just talk about it. I don't want to just memorize it. I want the word to be so real. Me and the word on the same page as it were that God can take my life to prove his word. If his children will only take his word, he can prove it by you. That's the only way he can prove his word. He doesn't prove it to the unbelievers. They can't be proved. They're unbelievers. But it's not for unbelievers. It's to him that believe. If he can find somebody, I will, Lord. If he can find somebody who will believe his word, He will prove his word by you. He will prove his word by you. So you see, that's why every one of us are a partaker of this word. Oh, you say, Brother Donnie, we're the young people. Well, we can't do nothing until all you old guys get out of the way. No, that's wrong. You're not just the church of tomorrow. You're the church of today. You are the church of right now. God wants every one of you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. God wants you to be identified with the Word of God for the hour. God don't want you to wait till you're 40 or 50 or 60. Some of you may never live to be that age. But God is looking for young men and young women that he can so fill with the Holy Ghost and be able to take them and prove his word by their life that they are a written epistle known and read of all men. Your mama cannot fulfill your scripture. Your daddy cannot fulfill your scripture. Your pastor cannot fulfill your scripture. God has got something identified for you in the word. Oh, my. If he can find somebody who will believe his word, he'll prove his word by you. And sometimes, listen to this, Sickness and things happen to us that way that God can prove himself. Hallelujah. Do you remember the blind man that Jesus found and they said, who sinned? His father, his mother. He said, in this case, neither, but that the works of God might be made known. See, it happened to that boy so that Jesus could be glorified. Sometimes sickness is not a curse. It's a blessing. Whoa. Well, I don't mind telling you, I don't want many of them blessings at my house. I'm just being honest with you. I, I, I don't go looking for them blessings. You know, out of here got that, got that same idea. Always oh, say, oh, no, oh, no, what have I done wrong? Sometimes it ain't that you've done one thing wrong. You found favor in the eyes of God. Oh, do we believe in miracles? Tell me how are we going to see them unless the devil tries to attack people? How in the world is Brother Ron going to have a miracle without Satan attacking him? And God, hallelujah, God found a man that he said he will walk with me through sickness, through disease, through cancer. Hallelujah, I've got a man that I can trust, a 
Oh, my. Sometimes sickness is not a curse, it's a blessing. That we can stick our faith out there and call those things which are not as though they were. God said so. And he'll prove it so if you will not weaken under the test. Lord, help me. Anybody else? Lord, help me. It's easy to get weary. It's easy. Oh, my. Notice again, he said, Joshua and Caleb said, we're more than able to take it. Why? God had given it to them, no matter how big the giants was. The obstacle meant nothing to them. God had said so, and God proved it by them. Now, notice when God proved their possession, Moses was already gone. Think of it. God proved it after Moses left. The effect of the promise of God went into full effect after God took his prophet off the earth. Now, don't get quiet on me. If Brother Branham was here tonight and still able to preach, you think I'd be here preaching to you all? If Brother Branham was somewhere else, I wouldn't be here. Brother Tim wouldn't be here. Now the rest of us wouldn't be here. Where would we be following him around all over the country everywhere? We wouldn't establish hardly no churches. We would not hardly done nothing. We'd just been following him around. And what did God do? God sent him here and he proved his word by his life. Then God enters into the second phase of the message, which is what? A body move. A body move. Now there ain't one man, but there's one and another and another and another. Oh, hallelujah. The same God with the same Holy Ghost moving in a body. Casting out devils, healing the sick, preaching the gospel. Listen to this. Brother Benham said, oh, God likes to prove himself to be God. In the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 2, and it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson has come hither. And they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city. And we're quiet all the night saying in the morning when it's day, we shall kill him. Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill. That is before Hebron. God had promised by the voice of an angel. This man is a deliverer. Now is another instance for God to prove his word. Now remember Samson did not look like Hercules. Samson did not order the bodybuilding catalog by Atlas. The way I did when I was a young boy. You can tell it really worked. (laughs) 
Oh my, I used to read them books, you know, and them comic books and whatever, and see them bodybuilders in the back and they'd pose like this and the big muscles sticking up like that. I thought, wow, wow, that's what I want to be. That's what I got saved. Wow, that's what I want to be. Man, I look at them and I save up my pennies and save up enough money. Order me some of them magazines, you know, how to build your body and how to be a muscular guy. But if Samson was here on the building tonight, you'd see him and you'd probably be surprised. A little bitty old short sort of a fella, not very big at all. A sissy, a little mama's boy, Brother Branham called him, had seven little sissy locks hanging down his back. But you understand when the supernatural power of God moved on that little weak body... It was a foretaste of a New Testament sign of the power of God changing a body in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Don't you understand what a miracle is? Don't you understand what a miracle is? A miracle is a foretaste of the body change. A divine, oh, hallelujah, a divine healing is a foretaste of the body change. There's a tumor in somebody's body, and we pray for him, and glory to God, by the power of God, it's gone. What was it? A little foretaste of on that resurrection morning when we're going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. If we cannot believe in the healing power of God, how can we believe in a resurrection? If we cannot believe in miracles, how can we believe in a rapture? So God's going to prove his word. So this man comes down and grabs a hold to the gates, the bars, and carries them for 20 Miles on his shoulders. The closest hill was 20 miles. Gaza, they formerly called Gaza the gates of hell. <laughs> Samson is a foreshadow of our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. An emblem of Christ's resurrection. Who being encompassed in a sepulcher. And even death. The sun hid its face. The stars hid their face. Oh my. And the devil down in hell said. <laughs> I thought that was him. I thought that was him, that odd birth and this and that and the other. But I guess I was wrong until. Yeah. Hallelujah! Who was it? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And went down into hell to take the whole gates of hell. Glory to God. the gates. He grabbed the bars. He grabbed the whole thing and he said to you, oh glory to God, be of good comfort children. I have overcome. So here goes this little short guy. He's got these great old big gates. Now, the gates have been estimated to weigh between 
five and ten tons. From ten to twenty thousand pounds. Not bad for a shrimp. How is this possible? God used this man to prove his word. Oh, glory to God. And Samson carried those gates. Let's just go on the lower side of the estimate. 10,000 pounds. So he carries 10,000 pounds for 20 miles. And this hill is 3,200 feet higher than where he's even standing. So it's an uphill battle all the way. Carrying 10,000 pounds on your shoulder. Why? Because God said so. That's why. I wonder how many of you tonight, you may think, Lord God, I've got the gates of hell on me. I've got the bars of this and the sickness and the devil is striking this and that and the other. But my friend, you are more than able. You are more than able. And God, Satan may have made up in his mind, he's going to destroy you with those gates. But God said, oh no, not today. Not today, devil. I will prove my word by my son. I will prove my word by my daughter. Those gates were 10 feet high. They just found them a few years ago. The basis by archaeological digs. These gates that he ripped off. 10 foot tall and 10 foot wide. And you've got this little midget packing them. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Brother, I'm talking about Jesus. He said he was more than a prophet. He was a prophet plus. He said, but this man took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Like Samson did the gates of Gaza. Hear the prophet liken him to Samson. Why? Because God wanted a man. This man didn't even have the Holy Ghost. This man was not even consecrated. He gave his body to God, but gave his heart to Delilah. What could God do with a young man in this assembly? What could God do with some of our young sisters? You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You love the Lord. You're sanctified by the power of God. What can God do through you? He loves to prove his word. We said, Brother Donnie, why? Why would he let hell rage against us the way he does? To prove his word. You see, Job was not aware of the conversation that God and the devil had. God was having a testimony meeting. But it wasn't the people doing the testifying, it was God. My Lord, won't you want to live that kind of a life? And God told the devil, he said, have you considered my servant Job? I'm telling you, there ain't another man on the earth like him. He's a perfect man. He walks upright, excuse evil. Well, I'll tell you, he's a boy. You're talking about a life that God himself is holding a testimony meeting in heaven about you. And it ain't you doing the testifying, but it's God testifying for you. And the devil testifying against you. Well, I guess you know which one of them's going to win, don't you? 
if God's saying, if you consider my servant down there, have you considered my daughter? Oh, yeah, sure, you baby her, and you keep her through all kinds of this and that and the other. I'm so glad when God saved me, he didn't put me in a little glass bubble all of my life. I never let no trouble, never let no heartache, never let no difficulty come my way. I don't want to stand there before him on that day. And the Lord say, Donnie, walk out of your glass bubble now. You're so blessed. You overcome the stale air in your glass bubble. I'm going to stand there beside people who their heads was cut off of their bodies. You're going to stand beside women whose bellies were ripped open and their babies were cut out of them. And we want to go through this age with no tests, no trials, no battles. Not me. I'm going to stand there battle scarred. Hallelujah. I want to be the kind of Christian that God can say, have you considered my servant Donnie? Well, come on there, friends. Don't get scared. (laughs) Why? God said, there's not a man like him. Brother Branham said God had confidence in him because him and Job have been fellowshipping. You know, we say it all the time. We're known by our friends. But the Lord spoke to me a couple of months ago and gave me this with that. You're not only known by your friends, but you're also known by your enemies. I'm very glad that some of the folks that have left this message and hate the prophet of God also hate me too. Because if they hated him and loved me, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. Hell hates me, but the feelings are mutual. I'm known by my friends. Hallelujah. I'm known by my friends, but I'm known by my enemies. Oh, you say the devil hates me. Hallelujah. He hates you because you're a child of God, because God uses you to prove his word. He proves. His word. First Samuel 17, 4. Let's read another one. Little David. And there went out. Uh-oh. Not a greenhorn, but a champion. Now I want you to think the same demons you're fighting today have been fighting human beings for 6,000 years. They have 6,000 years of experience versus your four or 14 or 40. So as far as experience, they're much more experienced than I am. But as far as birth, I've got much more rights than they have. (laughs) They outweigh me in their ability to quote the scripture. They outweigh them in being able to appear and disappear and even transform themselves into angels of light. But I've got a birthright. My ears may be floppy. Oh, my, my tail may be droopy. Remember Brother Ram talking about, about that, that that little animal would be born out there in the barnyard and his mama would look at him and say, poor little old guy, his ears is all floppy and his nose is real big and long. But his mama would say to him, honey, don't worry about it because you're the firstborn and you've got the right of redemption. 
you got the, the priest will never see you. Hallelujah. Your owner will take a sacrifice and present it to the priest and the priest will never see your floppy ears. Oh, I'm so glad the justice of God was met in the humanity of Jesus Christ. And God don't see all of my floppy ears. God don't see all of your floppy ears and all of our human frailty. But we are hid in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are more than conquerors. So here comes a champion. Boom, 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 boom. And here comes a little boy, about 110 pounds. Ready? Fair to look upon. Didn't have calluses on his hands. Wasn't really a soldier. But God's going to use him to fulfill his word. There went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. I found it amazing today when I looked up the meaning of this word Goliath. It means splendor. So Satan has a splendid champion. Apparently cancer must be one of the champions of this age. The angel of God never mentioned TB. He never mentioned pneumonia to the prophet. He never mentioned COVID-19. He never mentioned, he never mentioned all kinds of things. Why in the world would he mention cancer? Because cancer must be one going to be one of the champions of this day. <laughs> we'll see how champions fare in a few minutes. So here comes a splendid champion. Now, according to what the Bible says here, his height was six cubits and a span. Six cubits and a span would equal nine feet and nine inches. You imagine that head about that big around? Them eyeballs about like that. (laughs) And he had a helmet of brass upon his head. And he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. His helmet weighed 30 pounds. You imagine 30 pounds on your head. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs. But he's fixing to get another grief in between his eyes. A target of brass between his shoulders. So Goliath wore a bronze helmet and a coat of scale armor, like fish scales, weighing 5,000 shekels, which is 125 pounds, and bronze greaves and a bronze javelin and a long spear with the very tip weighing 15 pounds. Boy, I'd tear a deer up, wouldn't it? You brothers that hunt archery, you think you're doing something with a compound. 
hammer would have weighed around 200 pounds. That's double of David's weight. And the spear of his staff was like a weaver's beam. And his spearhead weighed 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a shield before him. Notice the prophet said, a great big giant like that walking with a weaver's needle, which is claimed to be around 20 feet long. So here he come. Hey, Israelites, send me a man. And he does this day after day after day. But it just so happened this little holy roller rolled in the camp this day. Oh, glory to God. You imagine whenever he heard this, what in the world? What, who in the world? Oh, his brother said, now calm down, you little Pentecostal you. When you've been around the message as long as we have, you'll calm down. I've been around as long as some of you all have and longer. I ain't calmed down yet. And I don't plan on calming down now. Oh, hallelujah. Why? we got champions here and champions there. We need to slay these champions. Not because we can do it by ourselves, but God wants to fulfill his word. Notice the Bible says in verse 8, And he stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come to set the battle in array? Am not I a Philistine? And ye servants to Saul, choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. A non-armored Goliath. No mail, no helmet, no spear. Would have weighed approximately 760 pounds himself. That's in his jammies. That would be a big dude. Can you imagine the slippers on that thing? Wow. 700 and 60 pounds, nine foot, nine inches, something like that tall. And then you put all the rest of his stuff on top of him. You're looking at a man with all of his weight around a thousand pounds, half a ton. It's probably the way some of the giants in your life look. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it's a situation in your church. Maybe it's your mama, your daddy, your brother. It's a work situation. You don't have no idea. You think this thing is totally impossible. Our God specializes in impossibilities. Or you say, I'm facing an impossible situation. Sounds like a good time for Almighty God to take you, my brother, you, my sister, and let his word be fulfilled by you believing what he said. A few years ago, Brother Tim, Brother Timothy, and myself were in the location of this battle. 
when we pulled into the parking lot, there's no memorials there. There's no great good concrete statues of David or granite or anything like that. It's just a, a field, kind of a low place. And the Philistines were up on one side and the armies of Israel up on the other side. And here's a dry creek bank. Brother Timothy and myself and others that was on the tour bus got down in the middle of there. And you know what we was looking for? It wasn't Snickers. We wanted five smooth stones. <laughs> Hallelujah. My, just to think that you're standing right there somewhere within the proximity of 150 or 200 yards of where this battle took place. But let me tell you something. We're fighting a battle and it's going right on this building tonight. We're fighting a battle that's even more intense. We're fighting a battle that there's even more on us right now than it was then because this is the last generation. This is the last age of people. The resurrected saints are fixing to raise up and they are waiting on us. They cannot come until a bride comes to the place of maturity and she stands on the earth and says I and my father are one and his words are in me and his life is in me and his works express themselves. Now watch what David does. In verse 40, when David hears it, he said, oh, no, I must have gotten the flesh. Uh, I got really excited, and uh, Satan, I, I, I'm so sorry. Because uh, David would have been at the age, because remember, he's a teenager. Wonder what youth camp he attended. Now, here he's a young man, a teenager, a teenage boy. He took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. You see, David was determined to fight with only the weapons he was familiar with. We know that King Saul tried to give him a degree in the message. He wanted to educate him on the presence of the Lord. And he wanted to educate him on the thunders. And he wanted to educate him on this and that and the other. But David said, I've not proved those things. But he said, I feel more comfortable in going out there and what I've tried. God wants you young people to have your own experience with God. Not your mama's life, not your daddy's life, but your own experience with God. I know I have met him myself. So the battlefield is in the valley of Elah. E L. A-H. The Bible says, And the Philistine come on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw Ron, he disdained him. And the word disdained means to despise, to hold in contempt. To be despicable 
vile and worthless. You imagine him like I said. <laughs> You're kidding me. You're kidding me. Here I am nine foot, nine inches tall. I weigh nearly a half a ton. I'm the biggest, baddest dude in town. I mean, I am a champion. I've killed people. I've destroyed people. I've done this and that and the other. And you send this little T-90, small, curly-headed, holy roller outfit. Well, I'll wipe him out in a minute. You imagine David said, Saul looked at him and said, Lord God, look at them fingers. Look at them eyeballs. Wow. I want you to look what a nose on that dude. Lord have mercy. David said, a target that big, how could you miss it? the target is. It's how big our God is. It's not how bad the cancer is. How bad the besetting sin is. It's how great our champion is. Listen little bride. You have a champion. You have a champion. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. Wow. I mean, you know, this giant boss, he's got scars here. Got a big old scar right across here. Man, probably just reached down there and got a cactus branch and just sewed it back up. I'm tough. Still had that part of that cactus sticking off the side of his face. And he looks at him and said, Dear God, they must have robbed the nursery. Are you kidding me? Mean, this little guy had never done nothing. Look at him. He's ready. Kind of a cute looking little fella. Lord God, shoot. Goliath is fixing to find out dynamite comes in small packages. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? God was going to use David to fulfill his word. Is there any Davids in this building? Is there any sisters in this building that say, God, use me. Use me, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A teenager. A teenager. Not a general in his 60s. Not a commanding officer in his 50s. A teenager. What can God do with our message, teenagers? From this point on, I'm not responsible for my actions. Oh, oh, glory to God. 
Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog? Actually, you're worse. That thou comest to me with staves, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David, Remember our brother speaking to us this morning about our confession in the word. I heard the prophet saying in law in Chicago in 1955. He said, many people said, well, I'm not a very good Christian. I ain't got much faith. He said, you should never say that. You are talking the devil's language when you say that. Oh, then David said to the Philistine. Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Bashim, Jehovah of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. I want you to notice, David is not making this a personal battle between him and Goliath. He laughed at him, made fun of him, but David said, oh no, this battle ain't between me and you. This battle ain't between me and you. Many of us try to take this person to ourselves. I'll tell you why the devil hates you, because of who your daddy is. He hates you because you belong to the kingdom of God. It's not because you're family. It's not because of your money. It's not because of the kind of car you drive. It's because who you belong to. We don't need to fight these battles with our flesh, but with the name of our God. What Goliath expected with his weapons, David expected when the ineffable, ineffable name. That word ineffable means incapable of being expressed in words. Indescribable. Indescribable. I come against you, not with my curly hair, not with my freckles, not with my experience so much with a slang. I come to you in the name of the ineffable name of my God. I'll tell you who our God is tonight. He's the way, the truth, the life, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the life. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Manasseh, Jehovah Hallelujah, Jehovah Shammah. He is everything you'll ever have need of. That's who you meet cancer with. That's who you meet temptation with. Now listen, David, this day will the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Yahweh, this day the Lord, will the Lord deliver thee into my hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. 
And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines. Lord have mercy. Now he's moved beyond Goliath. And he said, let me just go a little farther. Every one of them stinking Philistines is going to be destroyed. Let me speak to you tonight, friend, and tell you before the bride leaves this world in a rapture, every devil will be under our feet. Every devil will be under our feet. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We will not leave this world as a weak bride. We will leave as a conqueror. I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. How could he say this? He must have received a rhema word from God. This day, this scripture will be fulfilled. Hallelujah. God is going to use one of the most incapable, one of the most inept, one that most of us would say, there ain't no way. That little guy, come on. But God said he's my choice. That all the earth may know that I'm a great servant of God. I'm this and that and other. I'm, 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 I'm. No. That the earth may know there is a God in Israel. We don't want the world to see us. We don't want God to heal the sick. So people can say, well, Brother Donnie prayed for me and I got, I got well. Uh, Brother Ron prayed for me and Brother Andrew and Brother Tim prayed for me. No, we want them to know there is a God in the message of the end time. We want them to know there is a God in our churches where we go. There is a living, resurrected Christ. That's what we want them to see. We don't want to just get them to message doctrines. We want them to get them to the God of the message. The God of William Branham. Where is the God of William Branham? We've got the tapes of William Branham. We've got the quotes of William Branham. Where is the God of that prophet? Notice this, and he says, and all this assembly shall know the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. And somebody said, Amen. Came to pass when the Philistine rose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David realized he had made a terrible mistake. And David went flying out the back door and said, I ain't coming back no more. I want you to notice this teenager, young people. Here comes this man with thousand pounds of weight. Over nine foot tall. Uh, the prophet said his, his, his beam was like a weaver's needle over 20 foot long. You can imagine it could stand way up here and pick you off back there. But when David saw him, he said, glory to God. Whew. Glory to God. David hasted 
and ran toward the army. He must have lost his mind. Can you imagine his brothers and Saul and all of them said, Lord, have mercy. He's been to the Louisiana camp. That's what it is. He's been to the youth camp. Oh, glory! Oh, young people, he didn't have on a youth camp t-shirt. He didn't have on a message t-shirt so much. He had a faith in his heart. Can you imagine a little boy like this running toward a giant? Not just saying, now, let me pray about this. Okay, now wait a minute. I didn't get no answer from the Lord. Let me see. Now, what should I do? I'll tell you what he'd been done. It had been the devil's supper. But when he said, all right, now's the time. Praise God. I've been longing for a victory like this. Lord God, hallelujah. Oh, how I'm longing for a victory. When the doctors will tell Brother Ron, you're healed, no sign of cancer. I'm longing for a victory when they'll tell my daughter, no cancer. I'm longing for a victory tonight that you can say, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free of this addiction. I'm free of this habit. I'm free. David hasted and ran toward the army. I mean, here's a nine-foot giant, but he ain't just running toward him. It's one man against the whole army. He could say, well, boys, hope y'all had a good breakfast because you signed your death warrant. I'm going to let you know right now, you signed your death warrant. Today is your last day to be alive. Why God was going to prove his word. David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone. Wow. And slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face. Which is very peculiar. The velocity of the stone should have hit him and make him fall backwards. Right? So here comes an object and it hits you right in the forehead. It should knock you back this way. But even in his death, God's going to make him bow to the God of Israel. cancer bow. Our God will make death bow. He will make sickness bow. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If he can find somebody that he can use to prove his word. The rabbis say the design of the helmets in this day were not designed to have a vacant spot right here. But they had a thick piece of metal right there that even laid across their nose. When I read that, I thought, 
It was even a bigger miracle than I thought. <laughs> so God takes this little smooth stone, and here it comes. I can tell you how fast it's moving if you want to know. Anybody want to know? Brother Bam said he picked up five stones and placed it in there. Oh, this great big boasting infidel walked out there and cursed him in the name of his idol. He said, well, I'll take you on the end of my spear, which is like a weaver's needle. Longer than many of them tent poles. He's in a tent now preaching. And he said, I'll take you on the end of this spear. Little old boy weighed about 110 pounds. That kind of reminds me of the size of Erica. She don't actually weigh that much. But you see, it ain't how tall, how much you weigh. It's the size of the fight. Ten pounds, kind of scrawny. Now, this is not, uh, you may not find some of these words in Webster. This is a Kentucky dictionary you'll find this at. Kind of scrawny and drawled in. You know, maybe he just had some defects. And they look there and say, Oh, Lord, don't tell me it's him again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not what? Oh, Lord, here he goes. His brother said, you're naughty. You're so naughty. Isn't it, a message? Isn't it amazing how the, some of the message brothers call the next conqueror naughty? Maybe he didn't get too much to eat back on the backside of the desert, but he stayed with God, and that's the main thing. Oh, Goliath was all covered over with steel up and down like that. And one little spot. And here he comes across to meet him. A little bitty old fellow like that. And Goliath standing picking him up on his spear. Here come little David. Listen how he come. Just a bouncing in the spirit. Boy, some of our message folks sure wouldn't like that. Would here come little David. <clears throat> I'll tell you one thing, Dr. Goliath. I am Dr. David Doolittle. Because I do little because I am a doctor. I have great intelligence about the word. I know the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic. I know all the diphthongs, the enthongs, and the outthongs, and all the rest of them. I don't know how to make the word live, but I sure can quote it good. But David did not come as a doctor. He came as a little teenager. A teenager that believed God would fulfill his word. Here come little David just a bouncing in the spirit. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, what a holy roller. Victory already. Hallelujah. Victory already. You see, he wasn't waiting until the giant was dead. He already had the victory. Amen. Amen. Why place the name of the Lord God of Israel before him? All, all devils in the hell couldn't wait across that. Little David just a dancing in the spirit. We are message people, right? This is what the prophet said, right? What was it? He had five stones, F-A-I-T-H, and five fingers wrapped. 
this string around Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. Here he comes. Oh, brother, look out, Goliath. You've got to fall. And when he set that loose, the Holy Ghost got a hold of that little stone and picked up the speed about a thousand miles per second. Whoa. He never knew what hit him. What about it, brothers? Wouldn't we like to have a crossbow that shoots that fast? What about a muzzle or a good shotgun? Wow, a thousand miles a second. And you hear that boasting Goliath saying, ha, 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 I'll do this and then the other. And instead of falling back, the Lord God said, oh, no, you don't. Bow before me. Bow. Oh, oh children, may we take God in his word tonight. May God make them cigarettes bow down before the God. May God make that alcohol bow down before his presence here tonight. May God make that cancer bow down before the king. I'm too old to be preaching like this. Let me close. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smoked the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood. And stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith and when the rest of the cancer devils and the porn devils and the tobacco devils and the alcohol devils oh glory saw that their champion was dead they flew out these windows and they flew out them doors because the presence of our king Let's bow our heads. God loves to prove His word. What a hero! What a champion! A teenage boy. Oh, young people, don't waste your life. Your life is a great gift from God. Don't waste it. There's three things you can do with your life. Waste it, spend it, or invest it. If you waste it, you'll benefit nobody but yourself. You think about yourself. You do what you want. You waste it, you may waste it with others. Waste it on free things and fun things and this and that. Or you can invest it. And if you invest your life, you'll draw dividends of eternity. But you know how it is with an investment that you make. All of us would have all kinds of investments tonight. As long as we didn't have to give our money away. Well, I'd like to invest $10,000 here and $15,000 there and $5,000 here. But do I have to give that money away? You do. 
You can't invest it without giving it away. And this is the way we invest our life. We either give it to God or the devil. And let me tell you, Satan's savings accounts are fixing to collapse big time. But if you will invest your life into the hands of him who gave it. But Brother Donnie, will he take things from me? Yes, he will. But for everything he takes away, he will give you something that is so much greater and so much better. Invest your life, young people. Give your life into the hands of the greatest investor that there's ever been. Oh, praise the Lord. Don't let Satan convince you you've got to wait till you're 30 or 40. Oh, I've got to sow a lot of wild oats. I've got to do this and that and the other. Well, let me tell you, I've dealt with a lot of folks down through the years, decades of my life in the ministry, who've sowed a lot of wild oats, and they would to God, they wouldn't have done it. They would to God, they would have given the Lord their life when they were a young person. Oh, I agree. I, I don't have a testimony like some of you. I didn't smoke, I didn't drink. Brother Tim and myself, God dealt with us in a very similar manner. That don't mean us no better. That don't mean us that we're any better. But it just means I've got less mind battles to fight than some of you. What are you going to do with your life? Is there a sister here tonight? A young man? Now, it's not limited to the teenagers. What about you in your 20s, you in your 30s? Some of us older ones here tonight in our 50s and 60s. Can God take our lives and fulfill a word? What if God's looking for a person in the building tonight that he could use to prove that he's a miracle worker? I believe myself, or Brother Ron, I'm sure as you do, as we're praying and believing that God is going to finish the work that he started in our brother. And as one of the doctors told him not long ago, God performs a miracle in our brother and removes this thing from him, it'll be one of the best vindicated miracles in the medical term. Is that right, Brother Ron? Same with my daughter. CT scans, all kinds of tests, and the doctor said this, and the doctor said something else. Well, sometimes God lets it be done that way so their own records will testify that he is God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you just raise your hand with me, Lord, if you mean it with all your heart now. Lord, use me to fulfill your word. What if God wants a sister here who... God wants to use your life to prove that you can forgive people when they talk about you and run you down. Maybe they don't treat you nice. Maybe you've been here at the camp and hardly nobody spoke to you. Nobody's been nice. And you're kind of kind of put out a little bit. You're kind of offended by it. Well, maybe God wants to use you, little sister, as one who can forgive and love. And say, well, I didn't just come to camp to make friends. I come to meet Jesus. I come to get the Holy Ghost. I come to get strengthened. God will fulfill his word in so many aspects of our lives if we'll only let him. It's not limited to those that are here visible, but for those of you in your home, those of you that are streaming this service, or those that are archiving, wherever you are around the world, France, Germany, Switzerland, Canada, wherever you are, invest your heart, invest your life. Give it to the Lord Jesus. Young man, young woman, Satan wants to steal your virtue. Satan will say, oh, this is old-fashioned. Nobody lives this way anymore. Oh, yes, they do. And they're giant killers. Praise God. They're giant killers. We've got some giant killers right here in this building tonight. And they ain't just preachers. It's young girls who let their hair grow out and don't dress ungodly. It's young boys who live godly lives. You're giant slayers. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
If you'd like to walk up front here, you can. There's not really room enough for everybody to come. If you want to just stand right there, that's fine. But if it would help your faith to make a move from out of that aisle, just come. It's not so much important that I touch you or these brothers touch you, but it's the touch of the Master. Just that step of faith. Lord, use me. Use my life, Lord God, to fulfill your word. I'm a teenager. I'm a young man. I'm a young woman. Use me, Lord. Maybe you say, well, I, I, I've wasted a lot of my life. I'm, I'm 70 years old. I ain't got much life left. If I was you, I'd give what, le- what little bit I had left. Give it to the Lord God and see what he can do for you, brother. See what he can do for you, sister. Hallelujah. 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 Let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I commit this simple sermon into your great hands. It was not one of great theological terms. It was not one that many people would say, oh, that was so deep. But I believe it's what you wanted for us, so therefore we take it and we accept it as from you. May it change lives tonight, Father. Oh, Jesus, may we look beyond our frailty, our weaknesses, our humanity. May we realize it's not so much the hand that holds the stone. It's the God who surges the power of that stone. We want to hold it by the hand of faith. No doubt David Pick took it out of his script bag and he held it the same way that it held for many years. But this is the first time superpower had got behind it. Oh, Lord God, would you take these young people, Father? Lord God, not only them, but those that are streaming and every one of us, Lord, take our lives. May we leave this place, Father, as giant killers. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, equip us for this army, for this battle, Lord, as your people. Lord God, we've got to lay our hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, we know in order to do that, Satan is going to attack people with sickness. The prophet tells us the army of the devil puts sickness on and the army of God takes it off. For in my name they shall cast out devils. I speak to every demon out of hell tonight that's holding the people of God in bondage. You who call yourself champions. You who take pride because you were there. You hovered near the Garden of Eden. As our father fell. It was you who moved upon the people in the Andalusian days. It was you who moved upon the skeptics and the critics in the days of Moses. Yes, you're more experienced than I am. But I have the living God that directs my hands. Hallelujah. Lord God, anoint your people like never before. May oppression leave these people tonight. May Satan and his imps out of hell go back to the kingdom of darkness. Lord God, may light break forth in this place. In the name of Jesus, Satan, I jure you in the name of the living God. We don't come to you tonight in our name or our power. But we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Take your hands off of God's property. Take your hands, you demons of cancer.
you demons of besetting sin, whatever you are, we say to you tonight, you are defeated. You are defeated. Take your hands off of God's property. Oh, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord God, may this be the night that faith will arise in our hearts. Hallelujah. May our faith arise, Lord. May it move beyond the intellect of our mind. May it drop there in our soul and our heart of hearts that we can walk out of here tonight and say, it is done. It is finished. Oh, God, we bless your name, Father. Oh, Lord God, we worship you, Lord Jesus. Can we just praise him? Those of you here at the altar tonight, just raise your hands right here where you are. Surely by now you've asked God for what you need. Now what you want to do is praise him for giving it to you. You want to praise him. Thank you, Father, for setting me free. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to take this rock in my hand by faith. I'm going to take this rock in my hand. Lord, may you superpower it. May you anoint it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. May it fly out of this hand of faith a thousand miles a second to hit that devil that's bound me, Lord God. That devil, Father, that's tried to steal my joy and my peace. May it defeat him right now, Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. I need thee. Come on, sing it to him now. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, Savior. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Amen. Sing it again. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come. Major request known before the Lord. You've been instructed now to thank Him for it. You've been instructed to rejoice. Raise your hands to Him. Lift your voice to Him. Wherever you are, out in the aisle, in the seats, back in the back, wherever you are, raise your hands to Him. Begin to thank Him. Begin to thank Him. Let your praise begin to send that stone to your enemy. Let your praise reach out and claim that promise. Amen. As you you begin to realize this thing has to bow before the name of your God. Amen. Every demon, every spirit, every evil one has to bow before the name of Jesus Christ. Let it do it in your life tonight. Just call on the name of the Lord. Speak to him right now. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Come on, we've heard it. The words that we speak, you cannot just remain silent. 
You cannot just keep your mouth closed. You gotta open your mouth. You gotta lift your voice. You begin to express it. Say, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Maybe you're like blind Bartimaeus and you know he's passing by. Don't let him pass you by without touching your life. Don't allow him to do it. You get a hold of him right now. Just say, Lord, I'm bringing you right now to where I'm at. I'm bringing you right now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hear my humble cry. He that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call out to him. Speak to him. Amen. Do more than just sing around the altar. Come on. Open your mouth and talk to him. Call on the name of the Lord. Ask him to come to where you are right now. Begin to call upon him. He's there to answer your name, to speak to your heart, to be personal to you. Allow him to do it in your life tonight. Amen. Say, Savior. Savior. Come on, meet him with all your heart. Oh, Savior. Hear my cry, Lord. Hear my cry. Oh, Lord, I want you. I need you, Father. Hear my humble cry. I need Jesus. 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 Amen. Jesus. Your name is greater than anything. Your name is greater than my problem. Amen. You're a healer. You're a deliverer. You're a savior. You're a satisfier. You're the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the root, the offspring of David, the bright of the morning star. You are all and all and all and all and all and all. Amen. Amen. Savior. Savior. Come by my way. You spoke to my heart. Amen. Now minister to my soul. Come to my soul, blessed Jesus. Amen. I call on you. I call upon you. I cry out your name. I cry out your name. El Shaddai. El Shaddai, you're more than enough. You're bigger than my problem. You're greater than my situation. Amen. Hear my cry, Lord. Don't pass me by. Don't pass me by. Thank you, Lord. Just let him break out upon you. Amen. Just let him come down to you. Oh, let me have a throne of mercy. That's where I'm cursed. It's a place of mercy. It's a place of grace. It's a place of favor. It's a place of forgiveness. Come on. You don't have to keep hurting yourself. Cutting yourself and hating yourself. You don't have to let sin and darkness keep robbing victory in your life. Amen. It's an hour of victory. It's an hour there of deliverance. Amen. Just reach out to it right now. Amen. Help my unbelief. Amen. Savior Jesus. Savior, Lord. Amen. Hear my humble cry. Hear my humble cry. 
and call on his name. Amen. Talk it over with him. Hear my cry, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, we're not just beggars. We're not just beggars. God didn't make us just to come and beg at the altar for it. It's time you receive it. It's time you accept it. It's time you make your claim. Amen. Right here in this presence. Heal my wounded. I've been wounded by every kind of situation. But tonight, it's my hour of healing. It's my moment of deliverance. Save me. Save me. Oh, save me by that grace. Me. You're highly favored. You're chosen. You're called. You're ordained. You've been sent in this generation. Amen. You're here to prove His word. Save God. Save God. Come by me. Come to me. Come bless us. Save building here right now. I want you to lift your hands to Almighty God. I want you to begin to thank Him tonight. He spoke to you in a very clear way. Amen. He spoke to you in a very direct way. Very direct to you. You're called in this age to prove His word by. Now I want you right now just begin to pray with all your heart. With everything within you. Call on the name of the Lord. Every one of us together right now. Amen. To say, Lord Jesus, I accept it. I accept it. You've given the word. I accept what you've given. I tell you, I tell you, take it, Lord, from you. I accept what you have given. It is mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. I receive it now in the name of Jesus Christ. I receive my blessing. I receive the Holy Ghost. I receive faith into my heart. I receive the joy of the Lord. I receive victory over every, every devil of hell. I am an overcomer. I will rise up above all glory. I shall rise. I shall rise. I shall rise. Hallelujah. Call on his name right now. Call on his name all across us. Amen. Let the Holy Ghost sleep through this building as we call on the name of the Lord. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, come by my way, Lord. Come by my way. Feel in my heart. Break every chain. I accept it, Lord. And I, I'm going to rejoice even before I feel anything. I'm going to thank you that your name is great. I'm going to thank you that your name is powerful. I'm going to thank you that you, that you have equipped us in this hour. I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just let it bathe down. Amen. The Holy Spirit's doing some things.
get out that breakthrough. Will you move into the Spirit of God? Where the Holy Spirit bathes down, your soul comes up into His presence. Amen. Did you get so drunk on the Holy Ghost? You get so full of the power of God. Amen. To the dynamics come upon the mechanics. You've heard the word. Let the dynamics come. Let it come upon your life. Let it come on your heart. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of our rock. Blessed be the name of our God. Amen. Though a host, though an army should assail us, we shall not be moved. Amen. Because we're called in this hour, chosen, sent, ordained. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Sing it, Brother Timothy. tonight that you are the one equipped you have been told you're the one that is called you have been told that he's going to prove his word by you how many believes that we're eagles in this eagle age amen that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover how many believes that amen we can we can have a prayer line tonight right with you laying hands on your neighbor they shall recover. Amen. Now it's your time. You're a young person. You're, you're the one that's been spoken to. You've been told what God's doing in this hour. Now it's your time to put the word to action. You said, but I'm a sister. It didn't say a sister or a brother. It said a believer. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? Lay your hands on, the, on your person next to you and let's pray right now. Amen. I want you to pray with all your heart. Amen. I wanted you to pray like your life depended on it for this person right now. I want you to be desperate before the Lord and call on the name of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, oh God, here's these young people. They're having their own prayer line right now. 
hearing the sound of victory in the camp. I hear, Lord, that they're going after their Goliath. I hear that they're going after the army of the Philistines. I hear them as they're praying, as they're, as they're slinging their stone, and they're slinging the stone against their enemy. And that enemy has to fall, and every devil has to fall, every spirit has to fall, every demon of pornography, every demon of suicide, every demon of depression, every demon spirit. I break every fetter. I speak against it in the name of the Lord, and I pronounce victory to the house of Israel tonight. The saints of the Most High God, in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus ever need bows and ever come Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Not only Goliath is fallen, but your enemy. The devil has been bothering you. He's got to bow to the name of Jesus. Your prayer is being answered right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Now then, I want you to rejoice in that. Hallelujah! Come on! I want you to rejoice in it. I want you to I want you to say yes, Lord. I accept it right now. Yes, Lord, I believe it right now. Yes, Lord, it is for me right now. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of my rock. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for every victory. Thank you that the demons of pornography are running out of this building. Thank you, Lord, that the demons of suicide is leaving this building. Thank you, Lord, amen, that the demons of affliction, of cancer, of demons of sickness and diabetes and all of it is leaving this building right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Can you say thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the power of God. Thank you for that change I needed. Thank you, Lord, for that deliverance. Thank you, Lord, I'm not going back home the same. Thank you, Lord, that there's victory in the house of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of God. Oh, hallelujah. That's right. That's right. That's just the beginning. Come on. Till every enemy's dead. Come on, chase him out. Chasing them out of our lives. Saying, Satan, you've got to take your hand. 
victory. My mama's gonna have victory. My daddy's gonna have victory. My church is gonna have victory. We're all gonna have victory. Right. 